Good morning. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Galatians chapter number 2. And we're going to pick up our study today in verse 11. Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse 11. Let's read 11 through 14. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came to James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? So here in these verses we have Paul opposing uh, Peter to his face. Peter was playing the hypocrite by withdrawing from the Gentiles when his Jewish buddies would show up. I think that Paul found this particularly disturbing since Peter was the first to be used by God to share the gospel with the Gentiles in Acts chapter number 10. Now, by definition, <clears throat> hypocrisy is feigning to be what one is not a concealment of one's real character or motives, or one who assumes a false appearance. How many of us have not done that? It reminds me of a story about King Louis XIV. Francois Fignon was court preacher for King Louis of France in the 17th century. One Sunday, when the king and his attendants arrived at the chapel for the regular service, no one else was there but the preacher. King Louis demanded, what does this mean? Finlion replied, I had published that you would not come to church today in order that your majesty might see who serves God in truth and who flatters the king. You see, we must be careful that we are not the same way. It's easy to pretend, and God absolutely despises it. I can't even begin to tell you how many have told me that the reason they do not go to church is because of the number of hip hypocrites that are there. Yet that same person will deal with hypocrites every day at work and sees no problem in taking their money. As a pastor, my response to these poor delusional souls was always, hey, one more will not hurt. I look forward to seeing you there Sunday. Now in verses 15 and 16, we who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be sanctified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. This is a clear-cut presentation of the justification by faith. It simply means that justification or being made right with God only comes about by faith, not by works, not by doing something. That means that there is absolutely nothing that you and I can do to earn justification. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves right with God. Now, I find it interesting that Paul spent so much of his time on this subject throughout his writings. Obviously, it was a major concern to him. 
Unfortunately, most today also believe that they have to do something to earn God's love and forgiveness. Just ask anyone around you what they think that it takes for a person to go to heaven. The answer will invariably be something like, you got to go to church, you got to be a good person, you got to respect your fellow man, and the list goes on and on. Sadly, it is a sure sign that they have not a clue about what true justification by faith means. Now, Paul's point in this passage is simple. If the Jew had to leave the law behind in order to be justified by faith, why should the Gentile be brought under that same law? After all, if it didn't save the Jew, how in the world was it going to save the Gentile? Paul will later say in Galatians 3.11 that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. That very verse alone played a major role in the start of the Protestant Reformation. The bottom line is that too many people are running around trying to gain favor with God. I must remind you that God said in Isaiah 64, 6, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. My friend, don't continue to think that your salvation depends upon you. Nothing could be further from the truth. God looked down through the portals of time and out of love, decided to save you and me, not because of who you and I are, but because of who he is. And then it says in verses 17 through 21, But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found to be sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. You see, the bottom line is that righteousness does not come through keeping the law of Moses. As a matter of fact, it is impossible to keep the law of Moses. You and I simply cannot do it. Now, some may be sitting there right now, wagging their self-righteous heads and thinking to themselves, I can keep the law of Moses. You see, the Pharisees of Jesus' day made the same mistake. They thought as long as they physically kept the law, that they were okay. For example, if the law says, thou shalt not commit adultery, that meant that as long as they did not physically commit adultery, they were okay. However, window shopping was okay to them. When Jesus comes along and blows that view totally out of the water, he says, But I say unto you that whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Matthew 5.28 That changed things considerably. Because who hasn't looked with lustful eyes at another person? 
That's also why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 20, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. What Jesus was saying is that the righteousness of the Pharisees was just external, while what they really needed was an internal righteousness. In other words, just keeping the law externally, i.e. not physically committing adultery, while breaking the law internally, i.e. lusting after others in our hearts, is still breaking the law. And thus, heaven is not an option. Listen, guys, God bless you. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and is working all things out for your good.